0: The Green Bay Health Project Podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com. That's mvmt-rehab.com to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. I'm Dr. Erica Folker, and today we're putting Trevor on the hot seat to talk about his profession, athletic training, since March is National Athletic Training Month. Trevor, thank you for being on the podcast today.
0: Thanks for having me, Erica. I uh, I don't know if you necessarily nailed the intro quite like I do, but good job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Trevor, let's dive right in. <laughs> um, let's talk about more about your background in athletic training and your experience there.
0: So, I yeah, we can talk about that. So, my interest in athletic training—I mean, it started when—I mean, I have a very similar story to what I'm sure most athletic trainers have. I got injured in high school. sprained my ankle pretty good. Uh, tore all the ligaments um, playing basketball. Came down on a guy's foot, you know, and the athletic trainer was there right away. Uh, they sent me for x-rays um, and I was put in a boot, even though the x-rays came back negative. And when I went back to school the next day, she was actually pretty upset because there was no break and so I was, they, they casted me it wasn't a boot they put me in a cast a hard cast and she was like well I don't know why they did that and I was like well probably because it hurts like hell (laughs) and uh, I don't want to move it but she really took me under her wing and I came back in a month and was ready for baseball season and it was at that point where I really got interested in how the body worked and how it healed and just everything like that so that was my sophomore year of high school So from that point on, I knew I wanted to do something related to the body. Um, So I decided to pursue athletic training um, at UW Oshkosh simply because it allowed me to work around athletes, primarily like the main population was athletes. You still got that whole anatomy, physiology education. You learned how the body works together, how it um, how things should move separately. You learn diagnostic stuff, evaluation. I mean, you learn everything. And I was around athletes all the time. And it was pretty cool. It kept me kind of in the loop. Um, and then I graduated from there in 2011 with my bachelor's in athletic training. I worked in high school for a year. Almost a year. It wasn't... Uh, at the time, I mean, I was coming out of school. I was 22, 23. And I did um, PRN work for a hospital setting down in the West Bend area where I was outsourced or outreach to a high school. worked there for a little less than a year. Uh, It wasn't my cup of tea at the time. Like I said, in the first podcast episode, which if you haven't listened to go back and listen to it. Um, So then I decided to go back for my master's degree, uh, uh, which I did in 2012. And I graduated with that in 2014 from uh, Concordia University, Wisconsin in applied exercise science. It was heavy ex-phys and then I also had some awesome manual therapy classes and biomechanics classes and I worked at Concordia during that time I started as a GA from 2012 to I don't know half February of 2013 so about six months and then I applied for a full-time position that had opened and I was lucky enough to be granted that so I worked full-time as an assistant athletic trainer at Concordia until 2017 working I mean doing athletic training coverage game coverage uh, rehab. All all that goes into it at the collegiate level. Um, I did that for five years, primarily with men's soccer, women's hockey, and baseball for two years. Switched that out for lacrosse for the last few years. And then I, you know, met my beautiful <laughs> wife, and uh, she moved, moved me to uh, up north to Green Bay. Um,
1: Best place to be.
0: <laughs> but... We'll probably talk about this, but I mean, the, the uh, schedule at the collegiate level is pretty hectic. Um, so I was ready for a change. Moved up here um, for a position, and you know I, I ended up doing some PR and worked for a hospital, which I, I still do, kind of. Um, but then got into the industrial setting, where I was doing a lot of work-related injury, evals, rehab, um, and also non-work-related did that for two years started our business in may of 2019 actually probably more october 2019 um, which is a private practice and i think that's pretty unique for athletic, an athletic trainer to do um left the industrial setting in 2020 and i've been doing our biz ever since
1: yeah very cool um i don't think i knew that story about your initial injury and why you got started in athletic training but um yeah, knowing your background, you've worked in lots of different settings, so we can touch on that a little bit more, but, you know, what does it mean to you to be an athletic trainer? You know, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions out there about athletic training, but what does it mean to you to be an athletic trainer?
0: What's my definition of an athletic trainer? I have a lot. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest thing is it's the first person that athletes... Like, if you're in the high school or collegiate setting, it's literally the first person that athletes will turn to for help, whether it is um, an injury or pain. But then with the relationships you build, you're their first line of help for every single issue. The relationship you develop with your athletes or your patients um, is huge. And I just think you're the first line of hope or help for a lot of people. And that's that's how I view athletic trainers. The, the relationships that they build are and are able to build through their skill set but then kind of the empathy that they have towards their athletes it, you're the first line first line of hope for them to get better whether it's physical mental or anything like that right. usually who they get right. comfortable with the most and who they turn to the quickest
1: yeah typically because you see them right from the injury start you know through the entire process till they're back on the field or on the ice again right
0: right well I mean if you think what in the traditional setting which is high school college and whatnot professional um, if somebody gets hurt that athletic trainer is the first person on the field and usually they're on i mean they're always on the sidelines so they usually see it happen and they can usually tell or have an idea of what happened as they're running out there so they're already in their mind planning what they're going to do or what needs to be done but then right away, if that athlete's on the field laying there, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to react. And the first person that is in their face telling them it's going to be okay, telling them not to worry, not to freak out, is their athletic trainer. And I think that bond is formulated at that time. And then they just start to trust you, and they start to see that you have their best interests in mind. You just want to help them. And I think that's a very special relationship that not a lot of health professionals get to have
1: yeah absolutely like you said in the healthcare field you don't always get to see that patient for as long as you you'd like and you get to spend a little bit longer time throughout their rehab process Mm -hmm.
0: it's it's pretty special if I if I look back especially when I was at the college level with some of the relationships I developed with the athletes I'll never forget them and I'll never forget that time because I mean some of them still reach out it's it's some of them still reach out, and it's special. Or they'll bring up some memory that I completely forgot about. Like, especially hockey. I mean, that hockey team was was something. But they'll bring things up that happened on the bench that I completely forget about. But that's that's what it's about. And I think eth- no other healthcare professional has that type of bond with their patients. I truly believe that. Unless you're in a private setting and you get to know them a little bit better, mm-hmm. there's just nothing else out there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So going back earlier to what you were talking about with your education-wise, very extensive education as far as getting a bachelor's degree, master's degree, um, and so on. But as far as what continues to go into that in the Athletic Training Practice Act, talk a little bit more about what is required from you every year then.
0: So in order to become an athletic trainer, you need to go through an accredited program. Basically, there's a governing body that allows universities or colleges to have an athletic training education program. Um, during my time back in the day it was a bachelor's degree um, but it is transitioning to a um, master's degree um, profession. So mo- most of the time now you're going to find new grads graduating with a master's in athletic training compared to um, when I graduated with a bachelor's degree. So so they will go either transition three years to two years, or it'll, it's going to be a four-year undergrad degree and then a two-year master's athletic training degree. And then, I mean, now doctorate of athletic training is popping up, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely advancing. Um, but after that, I forget the question.
1: After, <laughs> after the education part, what else goes into... Oh, maintaining yeah.
0: those credentials. So, you have to pass a national board exam um, in order to become certified. After becoming certified, you have to obtain a license to practice in the state you want you want to practice in, you want to live in. Um, and then, every two years, you need to have your, pract- your scope of practice signed off by a physician in order to maintain your licensure. And you also have to maintain 50 CEUs or continuing ed units um, every two years. And that is... Um, basically covers anything and everything that you're interested in um, as long as it's through or, or approved for athletic training BOC which is our, our big body um, as long as it's approved of their continuing ed unit so outside of those 50 I mean you can obviously do more but um, a lot of times you, you get that 50 which includes 10 evidence-based practice CEUs um, because everything is going evidence-based and You have to know what works and what doesn't work. And so that's really the way that they stress you keep up with the the current research.
1: Absolutely. So then as far as um, the different settings you've worked in, what has been your favorite so far? Oh, man.
0: Well, obviously I'm biased and I love our business. It's never uh, going into the private practice, owning my own business was never something I thought I could ever do Um, but luckily Wisconsin athletic trainers have quite a bit of freedom Um, they can as long as you get your scope of practice signed off by a a practicing physician you're good to go Um, you you can act as an athletic trainer you can work with people as an athletic trainer you can um, provide reimbursement which is huge I mean that's the big hurdle that athletic trainers need to figure out how to pass So
1: you can bill insurance as an athletic trainer.
0: Correct. Correct. And like with our business, I can provide super bills to our patients with our athletic training ICD or CPT codes. So like we have those and then yeah people can take that to insurance or I can bill insurance directly. Um, But plugless shame for our business. It's my favorite. I think working one-on-one but that goes back to my time at Concordia uh, a lot of I worked with a lot of great people there um, that I miss I, I do miss them I talk with them frequently um, but I think our business model is strongly shaped from my time at Concordia because it's about relationship building it's about spending time with the person I mean if I had somebody uh, if, if I had a soccer athlete that tore their ACL I saw it on the field I said I think it's your ACL I was with them when they would have surgery we would follow up every single day I mean their six to eight month rehab I was with them every single day it working with them I mean as long as they needed usually an hour but that by far was my favorite time Um, I really I think was the people but again, going back to the relationships with the athletes, it was just fun. It was fun. Nothing was too serious if it didn't have to be. And when it had to be serious, everything was respected. And, I mean, they have a great relationship at Concordia with their athletic trainers and the rest of the athletic department that it, it was a, the best place to work. <laughs> it, really, all, it was hard to yeah. leave. It was hard to leave.
1: It's all stepping stones on your path, though, right? And
0: Yeah, if I look back on it, that was where found my groove more as an athletic trainer. I found what I was passionate about. I found how I wanted to kind of, I found my treatment philosophy. Um, and I, I think, again, the relationships, it just really paved the path for where I'm at, for where we're at today.
1: Okay. Before we get too cheesy into all of that. (laughs) I love my CUW peeps. (laughs) Shout out to the CUW team. (laughs) What do you like most about being an athletic trainer?
0: I like everything that we can do. Talk about- Opportunities
1: are endless, (laughs) right? Honestly,
0: if you look at the settings that athletic trainers can work in, but also the education that they get, it's such a broad, it's very broad, and you can really take it any direction you want. So you learn your evaluation skills you learn your palpation skills, you learn how to diagnose and treat musculoskeletal disorders. You also get um, a general medical courses. You follow, you do a gen med rotation at a hospital, or I did mine in the ER trauma room, like in in college. You um, do nutrition, you do pharmacology, you do uh, a little bit of psychology work it's it's all encompassing there's so many routes. So outside of like the typical musculoskeletal stuff where you do your neural, you do your eval, you do your rehab, you do your treatment, you do your diagnostic, you also do all this additional stuff and then you can do all this additional education stuff for where however you really want to go. I mean if you have a certain area that you're passionate about Go after it. You know, you can learn more about it. Um, And I think that is one of the most rewarding parts about being an athletic trainer is that you have such a broad education that's specific to a population, but that you can take it in so many directions. And really, you can do what you want with it. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand that. And I, I didn't. I mean, it took me a long time to be like, hey, I can do this and that, or I can learn this and that. Um,
1: so you're telling me you don't just hand out ice, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even believe in ice.
0: <laughs> there's no reason to ice. Uh, no, we don't just hand out ice bags. We don't just tape ankles. We don't just carry your stupid-ass six-pack of water bottles around <laughs> and hand them to you.
1: So much more to it, right? There is so much
0: more to it. I mean, and I, even in other health care professions, I don't think that there is understanding because we don't have the word therapist in our name. I think a lot of people think of athletic training as personal training, which it's not at all. Um, But because we're not like something therapist after, I don't think other healthcare professionals truly understand or appreciate what athletic trainers can do or what they have to offer Um, because they absolutely have a very strong rehab strength-based background as well. Um, So I just think my favorite, you you can literally learn anything you want. Um, and and take it and do with it what you want as well yeah it's pretty special
1: just gotta keep educating what you do and what everybody is out there to do in the athletic training field and more I think there's more recognition now than there ever was before even say 10 years ago oh for sure think about all the commercials now with athletic trainers in there I think that's pretty cool
0: yeah it's it's nice for that to be gaining some steam I think um where athletic trainers are starting to become more than just a glorified water person, which is 10 years ago, I think that's what they were. That's how they were viewed. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it my time. Hey, can you go fill up my water? Uh, huh. no. And then I would call of the students over. Hey, go fill up the water. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's come a long way and it's pretty exciting because I do think it's on the right path for the most part.
1: Yeah, so. absolutely. So other than getting voice out about the athletic training field in general what are some other challenges you face as an athletic trainer
0: I think the biggest one outside of the recognition and respect I think that a lot of athletic trainers deserve Um, I think the other thing is having to have a physician sign off on your practice act in order for you to practice Um, I think that's a big hurdle especially for um, athletic trainers that want to go out into their own kind of setting or their own practice you absolutely have to get that in order to practice. And that's between you and a physician. Um, and you just have to do that by developing relationships. I mean, other challenges I kind of mentioned about that is the, the having other healthcare professionals being like, oh, they can't evaluate, they can treat, they can diagnose. I think, again, I think people are not fully aware of everything athletic can do Um, and the last thing is just you can ask any athletic trainer uh, overworked underpaid um I think the burnout is very high in athletic trainers due to the demands of the schedule I mean if you think about a high school athletic trainer they are the usually the one athletic trainer for hundreds of athletes Um, and they're expected to be around after school for any injuries any evals any rehab, they're expected to be at practices, they're expected to be at all games. Um, Football is now home and away um, at at the high school setting. If you go to the collegiate setting, you are doing um, more like post-op ACL rehabs and stuff during the day, um, or post-op anything really during the day, so that athlete gets the true care. Um, You are there all pre-game, post-game, all game, home and away, travel, pre practice, post practice work. I mean, in traveling a lot. And then in the professional setting, I can't even imagine. I'm sure it's just that much more. So I think the burnout rate is a big challenge because people don't necessarily know how to navigate their schedule. Um, and they are overworked. I mean, I was lucky again at Concordia. I mean, the, we, we worked together as a team. Um, and not everybody's lucky enough to have that option. But those are kind of the big challenges. practice act, or Scope of practice, burnout, put some respect on the name, and scheduling.
1: Yeah, I completely understand. But on the flip side of things, there's still a lot of positives that come out of being an athletic trainer, too.
0: There's a ton. I could go on and on about those. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about <laughs> a lot of them. It's, it's a re- very rewarding feeling when you take somebody from, for example, an ACL tear, from on the field ACL tear through their entire rehab.
1: I think that trumps everything.
0: That's what's. That's what it's about. Yeah. That that's is the most rewarding. Literally, what it's about to have a skill set where you can walk somebody every day through something, or every couple days every week and you can see the changes and you can see their mind shifting to like oh i didn't know i could do this again or if it's a chronic thing i didn't i thought i always had to deal with it or if it's a post-op you literally can walk the, you have the skill set to walk them through their entire rehab chronic pain you have the skill set to make people believe that they don't have to deal with pain again that I, that reward that is better than any disadvantage and that makes it worth everything right there it's, that's what it's, it's meaningful. about yeah. it's you and i think a lot of athletic trainers lose sight on that because of how they feel and not and they don't necessarily look at how gratifying of a job that they have where they can change somebody's life i mean truly you can athletic trainers they can change people's lives
1: completely agree with you. Well, Trevor, it's been a great discussion so far, but I have three important questions <laughs> to ask you before we close out. Yeah, yeah. Okay? First one that we ask everybody that comes on the podcast, what is your fa- favorite health-related book? Man,
0: I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about this, and I don't know.
1: There are <laughs> so, so many. so many out there?
0: There are so many that I've read. It's hard to... into health and nutrition I'm a big fan of Ben Greenfield he has a couple books out His big one boundless covers oh so God. much it covers so much um, from hydration to training to nutrition to meditation to recovery to performance to supplements to everything I think from a health related standpoint it's probably that one that it's all-encompassing he's so knowledgeable but he breaks it down where it's easy to understand and
1: as big as a textbook
0: but it's it is it's well it's like six or seven hundred pages but then I pre-ordered it so so I got all the research articles that are cited in the book I have a lot of extra articles that he did not include in the book so that equates over a thousand some pages of text and it's a lot to digest you take it in increments but it's worth it because it covers so much so much so if you have time and want to read a textbook i would highly recommend you check that one out
1: hey if you're going to read a textbook that's the one to do though yeah front, front to, to front, uh, front cover to back, to back cover to learn yeah
0: and apply for sure
1: all right then what is your favorite healthy activity to do in green bay
0: in green bay i've only been here three years and one of those years was covid <laughs> <laughs> where uh a lot of things were locked down, but I mean, obviously, we have two dogs. Uh, we took them on a trail over the summer. I love getting out with them, with you walking around, um, and just I think there's something to be said about walking around in nature. We go camping with them quite a bit. It's it's a nice getaway. It's a nice a nice ex- escape, and I think. If I had to pick one thing that I enjoy doing, even though I get kind of angry during those, I need to pack more food. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably my—it's been my favorite thing that we've done.
1: Hitting the trails with the dogs. Yeah. That's probably my um, favorite, too.
0: On some nice weather days, let them jump in the water and then back out and just hang out for a few Hey, we might be
1: getting some spring earlier than we thought, so.
0: Let's do it, even <laughs> if it's cold. Contrast. Not cold.
1: Alright, last question. What's one piece of advice you'd like to give to the listeners?
0: This is specific to athletic trainers. And it goes back to kind of what we talked about. You hear a lot of negativity around athletic training um, and I would say focus on the good that you are doing for people and let that outweigh every single thing that you hear negative about athletic training, about Screw the long days, the long hours. Screw being underpaid for now because that will likely change at some point. And just look at the lives you're changing. You have, you literally have the skill set to change somebody's life. And that is not something to take lightly, but it's also not something to take for granted.
1: It's priceless.
0: It really is. And that's what it's all about. Everybody got, everybody that's an athletic trainer, I believe, got in it to do something and work like help to, people yeah to just help people to be a bigger part of something and don't take it lightly you can you can change lives so just go after it. if you got something do it and don't stop learning push yourself what you learn in school there's way more out there school teaches you to pass a test and there's just so many other things out there so don't take it lightly. Know what you got and change some lives.
1: Lifelong learning. I love it, Trev. All right, as always, guys, thanks for listening to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and we'll see you next time.
0: If you would like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com.